Hey guys, welcome to It's the Cinema Pod with me, Priscilla. And me, Jess. And we are joined in with another one of our lovely guests. Actually, she's not a guest anymore. Let me not call her a guest anymore. She's not a guest. <laughs> she's part of the crew. Part of the gang. It's Sister Aisha. Aisha, hi, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Well, good, Jess. How are you? I'm all right. I'm just... T- I feel like I was I'm tired. I need to stop saying that. No, Joe, you should be happy. You won 6 0. Was it 6 0? 6. Yes. Yeah? You should be happy. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Take but I wins. just feel like today, because it's obviously the start of the week. Yeah, start of half time. Busy start of the day. So. Yeah. It happens to the best of oh, us. I just thought just like loads of kids outside. I was like, what is going on? Then I remember. I saw no children outside. And I was outside in, in Oxford Street. Do kids not go there? No, I was surprised. I thought there would be kids outside, but there were no kids outside at four o'clock. So, you know, we take our wins. <laughs> but for sure we'll go over normal admin we have j- we've just did a massive review on um the maestro movie if you've not seen it please go and watch your net it's now out on netflix if you've not seen it in cinemas it's okay it's on netflix have a watch then listen to myself jess and aisha's views on it and we actually created a cheating master list of our favorite men <laughs> Actually, no, that's a really strong lie. Our favourite cheating movies, which involve men who cheat. Not the women who cheat, the men. Just to clarify, if you've actually watched The Bear, actually a lot of people have started to watch The Bear recently since the award season. If you have watched The Bear, please listen to Bancoli and review it. It's very good. Aisha and Bancoli actually are starting to do the award season. So we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But let's go into what this episode's about. This episode is about The Holdovers, which Aisha has watched. Jess has watched and I have watched. It is the lead, probably the movie of the, maybe the underdog movie of the award season so far, which has slowly picked up some awards. I think one major award probably be Divine, who is picking up awards like there's no tomorrow. And Paul picking up some here and there, the probably the world competitor to, uh, that Killian's facing for best actor and it's recently been out for a few weeks it's what i call a christmas movie i think it probably will be the forever nerd's christmas movie and i'll you know we're gonna be discussing it so jazz when you yes. watched the movie what were your thoughts when you watched the holdovers like just your vibe when did when did you watch it how did you watch it what did, what were your thoughts I actually watched it last week mm-hmm. in the cinema. Nice. And actually, I had to like travel to go watch it because it wasn't at my local cinema. Oh, so fast. I had to go into Birmingham. Happy Sylvester. You know, I can't be too mad. But I actually had like a good time watching it. I just felt like I liked that it was just like a very, it was very heartwarming, mm. which is obviously like nice to be able to watch, you know, in this weather and everything and seeing the, how the characters interacted. Yeah. And yeah, it kind of, for some weird, weird reason, it reminds me of like an episode of Everybody Hates Chris. Ooh. I think it's when he's stuck. It's like a snow day. No, it's like, yeah, it's a snow day and then he goes in. into school. Yes. Yeah, and then he's stuck with the teacher. So it reminded me of that. Of I was like, ah, oh, so it just felt like it was like an extended version of that. I do feel, I know it was like two hours and 11 minutes, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it was, it was. I feel like it could have been slightly shorter. shorter. Mm. Mm. There's just like a bit where I feel like it could have cut before. But then other than that, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Great film overall. Mm. Are you sure? I know that you love the movie. Well, I'll let you have the floor. What, what was your takes on it? 
Um, I loved it. I loved it so much. It's my favorite. Well, not my favorite. Nats Me Fall is, but it's one of my favorites for the awards. Um, mm-hmm. It's so funny that you say that, Jess, because when I watched it, I immediately thought this looks, this seems like an episode of TV. And yeah. I was like, it's, it's been written like it's on TV and not like it's like a feature film. So it's funny that you mentioned Everybody Hates Chris because I completely agree with you on that. Um, I just thought it was, yeah, super heartwarming, a Christmas movie, even though they don't acknowledge that it is one. Um, yeah, it was funny. It's got the best insults that you could ever find <laughs> in a film. And it's insults that you think about for days and hours and then you can like deconstruct and think about mm. again which is kind of nice. And um, I just thought the cast had really, really good chemistry. Mm -hmm. And they were like a class act in platonic chemistry and creating kind of like a familiar relationship, but also through friendship. Um, Yeah, and I thought, I thought, I just thought it was a really lovely movie. It made me tear up at the end. It was quite a sweet one. Yeah. Sure. I wish I could disagree. Um, I was of the same opinion as you. I watched this a couple of weeks ago and I, like Aisha, loved this movie. I thought, it is a Christmas movie to me. I think I'd, it's like a holidays movie. If it, as soon as it gets around November or something, I probably would watch start to watch this movie. I thought the actors were impeccable. Um, I thought Paul, who played Paul, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> um, honestly, he did such a good job. Um, and I like the premise of the movie, the idea that a, a cook or like the manager, that someone who works in the school and the professor and the student are all stuck in the school together. There's something strangely like sitcom-y like Jess has mentioned and Aisha's mentioned that I, I quite mm-hmm. liked. Some of my favourite episodes of sitcoms, like my favourite episode of Modern Family is the episode of The Earthquake where <laughs> they're all stuck. And it just like the, what's it called? The bottled top epi- the bottled episodes, Bottle when all, episodes yeah but it all stuck somewhere i just don't know it, it just brings something out of me and i just love the idea that they did feel a bit like a sitcom and i think that's what mm-hmm. i just grew attached to the character so quickly i think oh what is his name i got his surname in his head well i haven't got his first name in my head but blank sessa who plays the student dominic sessa Dom- yeah, i dominic, kept thinking yeah. it's not dominic but it's dominic um, <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> I kept thinking it's something D Sasa, but he's going places. He's going places. He's really, yeah. really good. He's brilliantly good. But um I think when I watched the movie, I understood why Divine was getting the plaudit she was getting. I think mm-hmm. the character mm-hmm. I think it's very hard. Obviously, to set to preface, they are set in 1970s America. Divide characters obviously works in the school and her son went to the private school that she works at now basically paul giovanni plays a professor at the school who basically stays at the school because five of the children were staying for the holidays but they're in a very rich private school one of the fathers of the students collects five of the students but leaves behind Dominic Sessa's character because his parents hadn't responded in time and divide's character plays one of the personally works at school. I don't know what to call her a cook so I don't want to call her a cook because that really invalidates what she was doing at the school but she was chef yeah chef but she was a chef at the school she's a school worker um and Dominic left the school with with Divide's character and Paul who plays Paul's character sorry to confuse everyone 
he's the, the actor's name Paul and he played a character called Paul apologies for confusion and they are all staying behind at the school and Dom Divide's character's son went to the school on scholarship as did Paul's character and Divide's son had passed away because he fought in the Vietnam War or he was killed um, and she's obviously going through the trauma of her son part dying in such a war and then Paul is a miserable guts in this like he's a proper mood hoover and you've got Dominic who's a very like light-hearted character in all of this and they're all interacting with each other and obviously Dominique is you know Dominique divides character is seeing Dominique's character the student as sort of like a son to her and how he she treats him and how she favors him and they all basically like work like a family and I completely understood why Divide got her plaudits. I, I watched, within 20 minutes, I knew why. I thought, okay, fair enough. Because she mm-hmm. was, we'll probably go to each character, but Divide's character was probably the most interesting because she was phenomenal. And it's very hard to play a character that has that backstory without overacting, mm-hmm. especially in the context she was filming in. Because a lot of act actresses would overact in that case. When your son is died in Vietnam War, there's a tendency to overact with this role. Where she didn't she actually avoided that completely. She decided to play it in the way she wishes us to play it. And I love that she did that because it made me relate to the character more. Like I do, do not have any idea what it's like to have to be in that position that she was in, but I get it. And it's she just acted. It was so perfect. I actually don't have anything to say about anything she could improve on because she was that good. But I don't know how you guys felt about it because I think what I get really annoyed with when people play mothers or relatives of people who've passed in combat, especially with with soldiers, especially with Vietnam War. It's very easy to overact, very easy. And I wouldn't begrudge her for doing so because, you know, you, you get your plaudits when you want to get your plaudits for and you, you're going to get your screen. It's not a lot of screen time, but she felt, her presence felt, you, you felt her presence without her being in the face about it. So I don't know how you both felt about it. Aisha, how did you feel about it? I felt the same as you. I felt like she acted fantastically and she pitched her acting in terms of like you know how dramatic she needed to be how emotional she she needed to be the perfect way I just think she was also a very real character she would make a lot of like funny comments and it, it felt very much like how you'd imagine someone going through very imminent grief grief mm. At the time, um, but also not someone that was exactly consumed by the grief, but also someone yes. that loved loved the person that they lost, you mm. know, simultaneously. So um, I thought she was fantastic in it, and um, I totally agree with you. She deserves to win all the awards that she's winning. Um, it's so boring for us to come together and just say the same thing about this movie. But honestly, especially in especially in Divine's um, point of view in terms of the movie, she was fantastic. And there's no notes as to like what to say about anything she did. Yeah. Sure, I think it was. It just. I think sometimes when it's very rare when someone performs the level that she does, and everyone has the same consensus about her performance. Because I'm thinking mm. when I saw the reviews, I thought. Was she that good? Because it's not. I I did disbelieve it, but she's like, was she really that good? Because I think she was up against a very tall list 
of people who were in very much bigger movies than she was in. And her mm-hmm, movie yeah. hadn't come out yet. So I'm like, wow, she's really pushing up against the the grade against this. She must be phenomenal. And I think, Aisha, I think you got it spot on. It's she played a character that was not consumed by grief, but you can tell was affected by the grief. And I think mm. some people don't know how actors, sometimes actors don't know how to toe the line. They know how to act like someone who's consumed by grief. Whereas someone who's just affected by it, which is obviously still hurtful, but not completely consumed, their whole world's not consumed by the very, gr- the moment of when that person's passed. It's very hard to act that because, to act in that space, because then you're basically trying to, you're basically trying to act as if this person's a living being and not someone who's just a caricature of someone who's just experiencing grief, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I also think, um, I also think that uh, she was, when we think about kind of how you view films and like screenplays, it's actually not to bang on about awards again, because I'll be talking about that later, but it's actually interesting to think about like the supporting actress role and how mm-hmm. like they hold up movies. And I think, especially yeah. in this movie's case, without Divine or without Divine, she honestly would not have, the movie would not have been the same. Like yeah. with Paul and with Dominic, they were coming with these kind of opposing energies, which did make the movie quite dynamic. But um, what Devine did was like, she was like the glue that made everything come together. Stay together. Um, so that's, I do believe she does deserve everything because honestly, without her, the movie isn't as rich as it would have been. But yeah. Oh, really interesting to hear what you think, Aisha. Jess, what did you think of Divide's performance? What was your take on it? I thought it was really good. Um, I feel like they got the balance right mm-hmm. for that. So it's not like the co-star, like, being, like, the lead person in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, she did, like, her role well, as you guys both said. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't obviously, like, consumed by her grief, but you could obviously feel that she was going through something. And I just love the relationship between all three of them because that they three completely different people. But then when you're obviously stuck together in one place, it's just like how you build these relationships with them as well. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they all just done the main three, as you said, Paul, Angus and Mary. I yeah. love their relationship. Fair. I felt like it's just like balance. You're just in a normal world. You wouldn't think that these three people would ever come together and they just get on the way that they did. Yeah. But it's interesting what can happen when you're stuck with people in one place. Honestly, you know what? You're so right because I think... Paul Angus and Mary in that space I think my favourite episodes of like sitcoms or my favourite movies are when characters who I don't think will get along get along and mm-hmm. this I'm like oh man I don't want you two guys to separate but let, let's continue this space you know and I think the movie did a really good job at end, I think they did a good job at leaving it ending it where they ended it so it leaves you a bit enough to be like oh I wonder what if what if but they're not enough for you to not wonder about it. They left enough for you to think, okay, like I know enough about these characters. I know that if you did this movie again, they'd be fine. Like I'd be able to imagine it, but they're not enough. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like they didn't leave you with, yeah, yeah they left you with enough to think about. What are your feelings about, I mean, Dominic Sessa, he is a newbie in this. I had, I researched heavily about him because I was so fascinated by how he played this role. And yeah. he reminded me of when Timothy Chalamet 
shock horror where he where my little Timmy Tim actually that's not a good example it was when Tom Holland for me broke onto the scene with the impossible and I remember I mm-hmm. spent weeks researching about Tom Holland because I'm like I find it fascinating how this one kid has impacted me so much based on his performance in this movie obviously a completely different movie obviously he's not a kid he's a teenager he's a little bit older but I researched so much about him I did not realize this was his first role and it did not appear <laughs> so <laughs> watching him I thought wow this is like this is a grown performance and I was very impressed he's got a I don't say this like he's got a very long future in Hollywood because to come into a to a set with Divine and Divine was phenomenal in uh what's that Eddie Murphy film that was on Netflix called again I love that film so much but she was just I I didn't care about Eddie Murphy in that movie I was focused on her that's how good she was in it and you have Paul we know Paul you know that's brother Paul over there and you come in and I'm focused on you and what you're doing I just I was so blown away by his performance and how he handled everything because it's again it's very easy to underact or overact these characters it's a lot of people would make that mistake because of the way the characters are written sometimes like oh it's not there's not a lot going on there so I'm gonna just do too much or I'll do too little and then you lose the movie based on how these actors decided to take on these roles whereas Dominic was just I kept watching it I kept thinking oh maybe it's like he's been around for a while and then when I heard this was his first movie and I thought oh wow like really you really can't and that's a compliment to him you really can't tell this was his first movie and I can't imagine acting against Paul because that would be terrifying in a car with Paul and Giamatti and having to talk to him That's in that space. So I don't know, how did you feel about his performance? I thought that um, he was fantastic in it, honestly, same as you. I was super surprised that it was his first role. Um, and it's funny you say that about Timothy, about um, Tom Holland. I think the similarity to him and Timothy is he both... Outside of the screen, he has this like really distinctive fashion sense. He like has this kind of really nostalgic, old retro feel about him, even the way he dresses, the way he carries himself. And he's really young, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel the exact same as you. Like he was so good in it. And it was like, it was hard to not keep all your attention on him. I felt something that really I noticed about him through his performance was he's this really tall guy and like kind of lanky. But he had this really, really kind of like acrobatic performance. I don't know if you, mm. like he's, the way he moved his body kind of reminds me of like Kieran Culkin in Succession. Yes. Or, um, there's like this main, main dance in Mauvais Sang when they do More Than Love in um, the movie Mauvais Sang. And basically they, he does this really dynamic performance. And just the way he moved his body was really, really strange. Like he just was like quite weird. Like, and, but it, it made, it added to his character and the uh, you know, the eccentric, you know, kind of nature of his character and stuff. But I want to like take a second to also praise the screenplay as well, mm-hmm. because I think like the dialogue written for him was absolutely Perfect. insane. And like, I know it's like David Hemmingson. I listened to a recent podcast with him on it because I was so like floored by the dialogue. But honestly, there was just like not a line out of place in the entire movie. The points where I stepped back and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is such a perfect line, perfect intonation by Dominic Sessa. Um, but yeah, no, 
I agree with you. It's it's he's got a long career ahead of him, and it's kind of nice to be able to watch him, you know, coming out and watch his debut performance, and yeah, be there right inside front and center. No, you're so smart. I think the screenplay. I shout out again to the screenplay writers. I think it's when do you know what we complain about screenplay screenplays all the time, but I don't think we give credit <laughs> yeah. when it's done well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. This was that's done so true. super. Purply, I have no notes. Me, no notes. I'm chief complainer about screenplay. If I, me, my my antennas go up as soon as I start to smell something a little bit off, it doesn't sound like something a character would say. I'm complaining. I'm chief complainer, but honestly, you were so spot. I think it was written. He sounds like a teenager. He talked like a teenager. Uh-huh. He sounded like a teenager who would go to a school. I had no notes. I was so shocked. Because I thought, wow, yeah, he would say that. Yeah, a kid would say that. Because I think because I was comparing him. Obviously, I have a kid sister, so it helps. But I don't have a kid sister in that school. So you're now trying to... But I know a school like that near where I live. So you know what the kids sound like. And I thought, wow, this does sound like the kids that go to the school near where I live. That's very much their vibe. And it's a whole gap year stuff. And they did, he did sound <laughs> like that whilst being a kid. And I, I, I got it. I thought, wow, like this is really good. So you, you're absolutely spot on, Aisha. Whilst, you know, credit to him, because he obviously he has to deliver the screenplay, but credit to the actual writers who are writing the incredible work for him to work off because no good actor is nothing about a good screenplay for him to use to act off so just put on jess what what did you think about curly head friend i think he did a great job especially like with his story as well basically kind of being like abandoned and Mm -hmm. how paul's character is like he's a bit like standoffish but then how they managed to build a friendship together as well i love like the dynamic that those two had and I feel like it, it is exciting that you said that this is his like first big role because it would be nice to be able to just see his journey through everything. Hopefully he doesn't have any like scandals or anything. But um, it would be nice to see like where he is in like five years and like 10 years and everything. But I feel like this is definitely like a great Stepping debut stone. for him. Yeah, I mean, Jess, I think you're spot on. I think it'd be very interesting to see what sort of roles he takes because obviously this is a very good starting role for him to take. And I think it's a perfect perfect movie to start off with because i think you know i think he's got a very long career ahead of him so what he, what he chooses to do with it i i love to know because i think he's talented enough to do whatever he wants but um but enough about you know mr curly head man on to mood hoover paul paul Giamatti. <laughs> i absolutely adored him in this whether or not I think he's deserving of the award praise he is. Is this it's enough for conversation? No, because he's no no, no. controversial. <laughs> controversial <laughs> I'm rocking the boat. I'm rocking the boat. Something's cooking here. Something's cooking. <laughs> Cause there is another I'm gonna stop my address for agenda. But if there's another movie nominated here that I think I was more Claw. impacted by there is a certain blackhead, blackhead, black balded man <laughs> who I was like, oh, 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 I see, I know who you mean. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay, I know who you mean. So, but 
he was phenomenal this i have no complaints <laughs> um, he was so good at it i love this moody professor who did not want to deal with kids now has to deal with kids and that has to be a father figure and he's the he's the father that stepped up <laughs> <laughs> and i enjoyed every minute i literally his pain was my pleasure i loved watching him do this because you could tell he didn't want to he didn't want no parts in this <laughs> but he great me brought me great joy and i thought he was really good at this and i do you know i don't know what to call it a comeback i don't know what to call what what to call this for paul giamatti but a comeback is sounds so rude because he's a good actor and he's always picked quite decent roles but this is a good renaissance for him we call it a renaissance this is a good ready for him i think he deserves a little moment in the sun i think he's a better actor than people give him credit for I think he's in the same position, not the exact same position, but a similar position that um, now his name's gone out of my head and he was in the whale and it's really annoying. Brendan Fraser was in last year where a lot of people don't really take in note how good an actor someone is due to the, the past stuff they've done. I'm like, no, Paul's good, man. Give him his tens. Like, you know, I hope agents and casting people are watching, like, put him in good stuff, man. Like, he's been in good stuff previously and he always has been. But honestly, like, you know, he's good. Like, I, I'm I'm happy he's getting his little day in the sun. He deserves it. He's a good man. Doesn't mind it. He doesn't, you know, mind his business. But I thought he's phenomenal in this. I think... It, Again, like playing a moody professor is such a bog standard role. I think it's such a tried and tested role. Everyone knows the moody guy who basically fathers a kid who doesn't want. And it's such a thing in Hollywood that we know we know about. Obviously, Tony Stark <coughs> did it. That was me fake coffin, not me real coffin. Um, <laughs> but he did this so well. I, I I was like, wow, like you really felt like you really loved the kid by the end of the movie. I thought, wow, I felt bad for you <laughs> at the end of the movie. So Aisha, <laughs> how did you feel about Paul's performance playing Paul? Lovely again. Um I liked his performance a lot and I think I liked how they brought in two things to make him believable in terms of him just being socially kind of excluded but also like physically excluded due to things that I mentioned in the movie, but we won't spoil. But kind of like he was this person who, who did struggle from being isolated from society, but also didn't help himself because he also further isolated himself by not being, you know, I guess, you know, friendly person or being nice enough to everyone around him. And I think in the grand story of a story about hope and about, you know, friendship and about community, it was nice that you kind of saw him soften as the movie went on. And um I guess it was it was, you know, it was a lovely, lovely um kind of message altogether, including his performance, yeah. which I think brought it yeah, all together. You were spot yeah. on. You were spot on. I think I think I think it was quite nice knowing that his character was a scholarship student at the school he was working in. So I think it brought much more well-rounded view about his character in particular and why maybe for many reasons why he is very awkward um i think awkward is really underestimated how how what he was because he wow he was something <laughs> um <laughs> so jess what did you think about paul his performance and your general feelings about it yeah i loved his character because sometimes i get it like sometimes you just want to be you know by yourself not have to deal with people mm -hmm. and then now you hear on winter break stuck with this kid 
But um, I love that they obviously like built their relationship and um, they kind of started to like understand each other more. I just felt kind of like sorry for him in a way as well, especially like him, as you said, like he was, he obviously went out to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? And then obviously got like, I don't know if it's like spoiler or not, but um, <laughs> gets kicked yeah, out and it's kind yeah. of like embarrassed about his life. But then is it kind of, is it something that you can be embarrassed about? I feel like, you know, if I left university and became a teacher, I'd be somewhat proud. I don't know if it's different because it's like the 70s or something. But um, yeah, I love that. As you said, Aisha, as well, um, that his character like softened up throughout the film. And yeah, I just loved his character, even though he's like awkward and like mean at first. But I kind of get it. It be like that sometimes. It really does. Do you know what? Like, I get what you mean. Like, I don't get why he was so shy about it. They're shy about it? But I, I think maybe it's because it's like you see people doing way better than you're doing. Yes. And they're just like, oh, I need to be at that level as well. But then that's, you know, yeah, life doesn't always go that way. <laughs> I know. I think yeah. sometimes it's the whole like you're doing better than what I thought I was doing. You know, it always stays oh, yeah. more mm-hmm. when you thought you'd be in a better place than someone else and then you're watching someone else be in a better place than you are. It's like mm-hmm. imagine if someone told mm-hmm. you you're gonna get A stars in your your A levels. You now you get B's and you're watching someone else who was predicting D's get A stars. It stings. <laughs> Why you yeah, sitting there with I your B's? It hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so painful. It's painful. It's so painful. You're there like... sitting, rocking back and forth, thinking, "Bah." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get it. I get it. Like I, at first, I wasn't getting. I thought, "Dog, like." Pull your socks up, man. <laughs> Be serious. You're grown, man. Then I thought, sure, what, realistically, that would rattle me. Who am I to tell him to say anything? Because <laughs> me, That's it would, true. It would, it would defend me. Like things change all the time. Yeah, it's true. Jess, you're so spoiled because I was sitting there thinking, you know what? I was cussing him and then, you know what? I had a, I had a moment of, I had a moment of clarity I said, if this was me who am I to say anything to anyone because if someone told me I'll be dramatic I would actually sh- slap them why tell me I'll be <laughs> dramatic this is a valid reason to be angry <laughs> about something no honestly like who could, who could shoot honestly. me about this but if you had to give the movie no. an overall rating now we've talked about the general our feelings about the movie me personally I think it deserves it's four and a half out of five stars I, I'm Genuinely don't have. I thought you were gonna say four and a half out of ten. I was like, no, 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 no. Same. I was no. like, wow, no, what is this no. rating criteria? <laughs> I was about to say, we literally just like gave this film Could praise, you and you get. You no oh way. It really deserves its moment in the That's sun. Insane. I sort of wish it had like you know, obviously because of the 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 strike. So of course it we write we love our writers. Um. So, of course, I understand why, but I really wish it had like a whole Christmas promo to it because it deserved its mm-hmm. moment in the sun. But I give it four and a half stars out of five. It was phenomenal. I will watch this every Christmas. It will be in my rotation with Love, actually, with, you know, with uh, Bridget Jones and all these guys. It will be there. I've added it into it. So, the moment it comes out on DVD, I'm buying because I love it. Not on DVD. Char, it deserves it. <laughs> it deserves You're actually it. gonna go buy a DVD. You know what? So when a movie's good, it needs to be bought physically. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, phys- bring physical media bring back. Physical this is something I've been, you know, I've I been really, 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 really campaigning you know, for. Do you remember Over the Hedge? 
and all these movies. I yeah. love that on DVD, Mr. Bean's Holiday. Sometimes if you like a movie, let's buy it physically. It's not enough it. for me Leave to buy it. Leave the world streaming. behind has taught us about physical media. We need it. You see, we need it now. I've had enough now. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> if a movie's good, what am I here just saying, stream it, stream it, stream it. Let me buy it. That Fortnite guy <laughs> is not going to shoot anyone. So what would you give it a yeah. rating? Because for me personally, if you've not seen The Holdovers, please watch it now. It's not just a solely holidays movie. It's, I run to watch it. It's a very wholesome family movie. You will love, I, I'm not joking. I know award season is very draining for if you're not a non, if you're not a cinephile and you hate movies, but please watch it. It's genuinely amazing. I would not lie to you about this. It, I found it so heartwarming you can watch this with anyone you can watch it with your parents mm-hmm. with your friends significant others whatever however you want to watch it watch it. it's generally that good um and i think it deserves its moment in the sun and i'm happy it's getting it but what would you guys rate it are you sure with you i would rate this movie uh as close to a five as i can rate it um to mm-hmm. be honest yeah i would definitely yeah, there's there's just nothing really negative for me to say about this movie. It felt to me like there was no fat in the bone again, and um, it was nice. Yeah, lovely watch. Sure, I love that for you. That is, it's, I, I, that's why I said four and a half. It, it's it's just too it's too close to perfect for me to give it any lower. I I generally I I was trying to I was in the movie really thinking of something, and then I had thought to myself, you know what? What am I doing? If the movie's good, rate it based on how good it is but Jess what were your feelings on it what would you rate it how would you recommend it to a friend like imagine if your brother was asking you why should I watch it what would you say I really loved it as you said um, it's definitely something you can watch with your whole family I love the stories between everybody and obviously like reminding me of something that I've seen before so definitely I think I'll go for the four and a half as well just like get everybody to the cinema and watch it you know there's some films where you're just like I wouldn't watch that again but yeah I'd watch that again definitely would maybe next as you said next christmas or as soon as it comes out mm. on um, netflix or uh, <laughs> i don't know if i'll physically go buy it but <laughs> online <laughs> no you know, just, I, I had to do it. i'm sorry like you know spades are spades uh but you know thank you so much to aisha again sister of the heart for helping us with this review of the holdovers and you know she will be appearing later on this episode about potential reward award stuff so keep an eye tuned keep an eye tuned keep your ears tuned <laughs> to it maybe eye as well <laughs> who knows yeah. Um, yeah but thank you Aisha for your lovely lovely participation no problem no problem and now with American Fiction so I watched American Fiction. Um, this is by this stars Jeffrey White, Sterling. Um, why do I not remember his surname? I just remember Sterling, and I never remember the name of his surname. Issa Rae. I just remember Sterling from Sterling from This Is Us, as you know. Uh, Issa Rae um, and countless others. This movie is about an author who essentially creates a book basically profiting off the idea of ideologies of past american african-american literature that has got popular now jess i watched this movie and i 
quite frank. So I got recommended this movie by one of our friends and our close friends, and I loved it. Um, Jess, what were your feelings on it? Because I, I have no notes. I loved, I loved, loved this movie. So Jess, what did you think of it? Yeah, I loved it as well. It was just like amazing to see so many familiar faces, and obviously, like wherever Issa Rae is, I'm there. Yeah, so Jess, so Jess is her number one fan. It's a race somewhere, like Jess is the, there. All the familiar faces, and just like there were just so many things that were going on in the film, but it just felt right. And it wasn't like overwhelming, everything like made sense. And there was just like so many things to dive into, so many things that you could possibly discuss about. And it was just like really, even like some of the moments that weren't meant to be funny it was just like really funny, but at the same time, it was like lighthearted and. Yeah, I thought like, the story was brilliant. I had a good time watching this. I really did. Honestly, I say with you, I thought the story was genius. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knows I read a book recently. But actually, our friend knows I read a recent book called Yellowface, which has been very popular over big book talk, book TikTok, book Twitter, <laughs> basically. And it's of a similar premise, but it's not the same where a white woman steals the premise of a manuscript of a book from her Asian best friend. No. Whereas this book is quite similar. <laughs> it's essentially he creates a book based on previous stereotypes of mm-hmm. past African-American literature. So I thought, if I love this, I'll love this. And I, it just true I did. And I thought the content of the actual movie was amazing. The satire was great. Yeah. The idea of it would spell pathology was making me cry. I laughed so hard. <laughs> and I thought it was great. Like, honestly, I, I thought it was a genius movie, I think. And the actual satire about, you know, how we consume African-American, African-American literature was pretty spot on in places. Um, mm-hmm. Me, personally, I don't read books in that nature. Not to begrudge those who do. Because if you do, that's that's fine. But um, so you can be black, but not that black. No, like I just, I just, it's not <laughs> something that that tickles my fancy. But if you do, then fair, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, maybe because I, I'm around it constantly, so like you don't want to, you know. You just want to escape. Yeah, you want to escape. Um, but I tend to read more fantasy books, to be honest. So it doesn't really veer that way. Um, so. I was fascinated by the satire of it, but I had a conversation with Banky about this and it actually opened my eyes about the, my general views of the movie, where he says that the satire of the movie was perfect, but but almost mm-hmm. left you waiting, wanting more. Now that you put it that way, it kind of does, it I get what did the Atlanta reference. And it yeah. did do that, because what I felt stops making Yellowface, actually Yellowface is a 4.5 4. stars book out of 5 for me. Mm-hmm. what stops it making it perfect is the what if mm-hmm. the satire is the book was designed for you to hate the character the satire in this movie is made for you to sort of not resent the main character but make you like understand him but also be like what what are you doing do you know what I mean <laughs> but at the same time it's like where's the satire leading to yeah. I'll give a perfect example Get Out had perfect satire but it led to an end result that you felt satisfied with. Whether it was the yeah. alternative ending or the ending we watched. If he was in jail, you're satisfied because it's the normal ending that with black black guys who kill a white woman. But if he already escaped, we're like, wow! 
how we escaped. Remember how everybody jumped in? Oh my yeah, god, what happened? We, we just watched this together. <laughs> we jumped to celebration. We're like, yes, <laughs> black power. <laughs> Whereas this movie, it's true. It felt like a not a bad episode of Atlanta, but almost that episode of Atlanta or Insecure. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like where's this lead? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think the consolidation i think the actual satire the content of the movie is needed we need to have these conversations about how and i loved how jeffrey white's character is like i get his girlfriend for consuming the book that he secretly <laughs> wrote <laughs> but I'm like dog you wrote that book like you know and that's needed we need to have these conversations because it's true there is mm-hmm. an uncomfortable I, I'm not going to lie to you. I say this as someone with a white boyfriend. If my white boyfriend was reading a book called Pathology, I'd be looking at him sideways. <laughs> why are you reading that? Pathology. No, he's so funny. <laughs> and why are you mm-hmm. reading that? What's pro, what's Why are you consuming such content? So I think this needed conversation is needed to be had. We need to have these conversations as uncomfortable as it is, especially for people of the mixed race nation. Of course. Nope. I'll throw them in there, even though my future children will, <laughs> even though my future children will be. But you know, you you need to you need to throw bullets in there. If you get shot, you get shot, as Meg said. <laughs> if you get hit, you get hit. But at the same time, I kept thinking, like, whilst this is good, what's stopping this from being perfect is what is my end result? Like, I love the ending with the whole, you know, you only had the whole fantasy thing with the cowboy. Like, you know, what I, mean? I love the end of the yeah. movie. I was not bad at it. But what am I getting from it? Am I satisfied? Like in what sense? Like um, the ending of like the film that he's making or just like in general? In general, am I mm-hmm. satisfied? Like the way I think about it is when I watch a movie, am I satisfied with that ending? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I get what you mean. And I was part way satisfied. I loved the whole he created his own, end- own-, own endings. I loved it. But was I, me personally, satisfied with it? Probably not. <laughs> and bear in mind, Jeffrey Wright, we just thought, perfect. Sterling mm-hmm. K. Brown, there we go. I knew I'd remember his name. Sterling K. Brown, yeah. perfect. Issa Rae, you name it, all amazing. They, I think they're all phenomenal. But mm-hmm. I just kept going away from it. A banky sentence really had it in my head. It was like a good episode of Atlanta. Yeah, I feel like I definitely got that vibe, especially with, you could easily have made this into a series. There are just so many things that you can dive into, like obviously like with the um, his mom's illness, his relationship with his sister, his relationship with his girlfriend, him and Issa <laughs> meeting each other. Yeah. <laughs> and have that discussion. Yeah. There's so many things. There's so many things. You're so spot Jess. This is just actually, you touch on to something, Jess. Jess, you're big brain, man. You're big brains. <laughs> You're so smart. This actually could be made into a series or it could be made into a slightly longer movie. Yeah. Slightly like, longer. Because it was two hours, wasn't it? It could have been made slightly longer because I think there is a... I've, the issue with satire is that your satire's got to be spot on. Mm-hmm. It needs to... Like, I... I I think the issue I have with it, and maybe Jess, I don't know what he, he felt about it, is that the movie's so good and I felt so good with the performances that I felt like I'm missing out without a perfect resolution to the satire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like, I felt like, oh, because that's how good it's, it is. not a begrudgment of the performances. The performances are that good that I expect the ending to be as perfect as. I wish they didn't do the ending they chose and just did an ending where, you know, if he all got exposed, mm-hmm. they all crashed in his face. <laughs> or he kept succeeding despite the fact he hated himself succeeding. You're just going to ask, like, what would have been your perfect ending? I think it's similar to Yellowface. I think I loved Yellowface, a controversial take to book talk. I'm sorry, uh, but I loved Yellowface's ending. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, basically. But her ending was perfect. I wish mm-hmm. it, it, in case it came into the end, it came to the thing of either he continuously got away with white, not whitewashing, that's a really weird way of saying it. Blackwashing, is blackwashing a thing? What he was doing. Kim continuously, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. him getting away with it continuously every time and him getting uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. That keeps happening. That would have been a perfect ending for me. Did you know how it's going to be made into a movie? Yeah. I'd have been mm-hmm. fine with that. Fair. That's true. That's true to reality. That's exactly what would happen. Or if it would blow up in his face. And he still succeeded. Mm-hmm. I would have got hated. Because regardless of whatever way he looked at it, he was still hating, he was still using stereotypes and tropes of black people that are not true, that right-wing people like using and liberal people feel comfortable about using because they'd be like, oh, we're better than them. So mm-hmm. either way, he will win in the end. So I wish that was the ending. I don't mind the whole, like, make up your own Netflix ending they did like they do with, you know, with the Netflix um, <laughs> um, Black Mirror episodes. I didn't mind that. It was, I wasn't mad at it. <laughs> But I wish that he, you know, when they made up the movie and stuff, I think they, I wish they went into that a bit more, if that makes yeah. any sense. Because I feel like that's yeah, the perfect, that. that's the perfect ending. Because if he continuously keeps getting away with it, that's sticking to reality. That's what would happen. He will keep getting away with it. He will keep making these books. He will keep making profit. Because that's exactly <laughs> what would happen in the real world. Sucks to say. No one likes black people. I was about to say the N words. No one likes black people. <laughs> and no one loves black a black Sorry, person because you said no one likes black people they don't like let's call spade a spade no one does we're losing here who likes us <laughs> and, they, and these white people don't love they love a coot I would say you know you have those black people that are black people those white people you know they wanna no, man. be like us a bit I they, they my, love us my boyfriend and <laughs> the, the ones who love, want to be black are not enough for us I'm sorry just <laughs> but they love a coon. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely do. They oh love my a gosh. coon. Oh, they love a coon. They love a raccoon. So the coon's actually winning in this life. They coon. Maybe I need to, you know, reconsider yeah, my. Sometimes I'm looking at myself. I thought, well, how am I not doing pathology? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I like, you know, I could be doing getting Kemi. What's her name? Kemi. What's her face? The bad braids. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do what she's doing <laughs> getting money here i am being you know i'm joking by the way i'm not being serious anyone who's listening <laughs> that must say i agree like i just feel like in this life you just have to start cooning in order for you, you to get sometimes you, sometimes you need to be a raccoon and you get your money i we're actually joking guys please let's be serious let's be guided yeah. here what me and just are joking <laughs> jesse's congolese congolese right <laughs> Full blown. I don't think she's gonna be a coup for anybody. For anybody, me. No. It seems like hard work as well. People, those have a, like a lot to say. You're just shucking the jab of white people. And I haven't got the energy for white <laughs> people like that. I'm, not, I'm sorry. 
I have all the energy for white people to be shocking and jiving. I really don't. I don't know how these people dance for them like this. I really don't. I rate it though. I, I should don't rate <laughs> it. But I rate the energy. Because me, I can't do it. But you know what? Good for you. <laughs> it's, when you called, it. it's when you called it my pathology. I screamed in my cinema. Pathology. Do you know how sick? Do you know how the racism, the, the coonery must just... ah. It's when it goes, black people, you know, we, we just write our own thing. Oh, yeah, man. They told him, get back to the studio, man. Yeah, I just found that interaction that he had with the, Issa the interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I think what makes this fascinating for me and Jess, me and Jess are best friends of publisher. So yes. I was having this conversation. And I remember there was a famous thing on Book Talk where this white author... Bear in mind, I've, a lot of people may know about this who listen to our podcast, but if you don't know, this very famous, not famous, but this author was like, the way I can describe it, you know Mbappe but Monaco, Jess? She mm-hmm. was the Mbappe at Monaco for authors. Her book was being So they quite young and Yeah, up and young. And like her book was going to be really famous, like uh, maybe into a series. And she decided to download other like really bad review of a people of colour's but particularly black authors, fantasy books. And she got caught. Because <laughs> she's a loser. And she got caught. Well, she didn't get anonymously or something. No, she was being so blatantly obvious. And she got caught and they told her to expose her to say sorry. She didn't say sorry that she got exposed. And now oh. look. So it's so sort of thing, do you know what I mean? And I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think there's always time and space for these movies. And I love a satire movie. I love yeah. these movies about like the black experience and stuff. But... I feel like it's like a four. It's like a four out of five stars. I've seen better done. Yes, Atlanta does it. Yeah. I hate complimenting that man, but he does it perfectly. Who? What's what's the man's name? Childish. Donald Glover. I'm, I'm, I'm not calling him by his real name, <laughs> Mr. Redbone Man. <laughs> Why do you hate? I just he's um, just a coon. Donald. I can't. I can't stand cooning like that bad man. Like he's, with his afro. There's cooning in his... They still have an afro. Did he cut it? There's cooning in his what he's doing. <laughs> so, boy, Mr. Redbow, man, he... <laughs> Mr. Redbow. <laughs> <laughs> he does it well. And I think that's what I've... I think that's what it... I've, ever since Banky said it, I've, it's been in my head and it's true. It's like a... You know when you watch... Success, it, for, for me, it's like, you know Succession? It's like a 9 out of 10 episode of Succession. I've seen Succession <laughs> handle not this exact detail, but satire better. Yeah. But I would still recommend people to watch it because it's very good. And if you've not, if you've watched this movie, please read my yellow face. It's very good. I have a very big gut feeling it's going to be made into a studio film because it's that good. I'm so, actually interested in that now. Because it's so I, I probably good. have loads of credits on my. It's honestly, I, I, honestly, I buy the book every time for people and it really. <laughs> but I don't want to be angry though. That's my only thing. Why are you going to be angry? You're going to be gagged. But if you're like stealing somebody else's work. No, no, no. The the premise of this book, me and Des will tell you, I slightly rooted for her <laughs> for the pure insanity of it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. to get caught, but I'm like, this is so messy and this is so racist that I kind of want you to get away. Just small, small, small. Just a little <laughs> so bit. You wanted to get away I with wanted it. to see how far it could go. Mm-hmm. Not because I want her to win. I, I want to see how far could this go? Because she, you're meant to hate her, Jess. That's the whole point. Yeah. She's so hateable that I thought not a stat. That's a very strong word. But I was like, oh. So is it kind of like 
Joel from you. You're no, supposed to no, hate no, him. No, no, no. She's a she's a terrible she's a terrible person. <laughs> but a small part of me was like, <laughs> <laughs> she got a point. No, she didn't. I swear to God, just so, so why am I rooting for this person? I just, you know, for mess. I love a good. You know, you know how I love mess. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see how far she would go with this. <laughs> I because I hated her so bad. She was a nasty person. But <laughs> each time she was about to get caught, I'm like, I don't want to get caught because I just want to see. I wanted the way she get caught. I wanted it to be such a spectacular thing. Yeah. I wanted it to be like these Stenders 2008 episodes when she got caught. Christmas. Yeah, you know Christmas Day, New Year's Eve episodes. Two hour episodes. That's what I wanted for her. <laughs> so I want, each time she kept going away, I thought, yeah, it's for that two hour episode at the end. Mm-hmm. But she's a terrible, she's a deplorable person. You hate her. It's in her it's in her voice as you're reading it. And you hate her. But it's so fascinating to see it. Because I got to be inside a racist head for what fight for about two days. It was very fascinating. I I enjoyed it because I'm like, wow, you guys really are stupid. <laughs> but I don't feel like intrigued to like, listen to that. Honestly, I honestly do the audiobook. I highly honestly, guys, if you never read listen to Yellow Face, please read it. You know, my sister deserves her plaudits. You know, it's a good book. It's a good book. It's a good book. It deserves its place in the Goodreads list. But now we've finished talking about American Fiction. I've given it a four, four stars out of five. Jess, what would you give American Fiction? Yeah, I'd definitely give it a four stars. Four? Let's say four, yeah, four out of five. I really did enjoy it. I feel like it's something that I could imagine, even just watching it with my family as well. It's a good and movie. And just like the characters that were in it. Yeah. yeah it's a good time. It, and Issa Rae's in it, so. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'll give it, you know what? I view it in the same list as I do Barbie. Very good really? movie. Very good movie. I'll watch it again and again and again. But it's not the oh, yes. picture perfect view. Like you, feel, you know, it's like a starter. You know when you're trying to teach someone about politics and black people and how stereotypes? It's like a starter. It's not the main course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's what i do like i'll watch this movie to get a starter of what it's what stereotypes are like it's not like the meaty thing it's, it's, it has how you, it's like a racism one-on-one this is what you watch you know what i mean yeah like, they did it right and they did it, they did it everything okay. else that goes around it balances it out as well yeah, so. Balances yeah, it out. so yeah that's my feelings of it but again guys thank you so much for listening to us we we've been yappy 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 for an hour seven minutes so thank you so much yes. And please stay tuned um, for all conversation with Banky and Aisha for all conversations about the BAFTAs. They're going to talk about the BAFTAs results and all the fun stuff. Hopefully, Killy has won. Killy, Killy. <laughs> um, he's Irish, so he better have won. Uh, but other than that, we hope to see you guys soon. Thank you very much. And this has been It's the Cinema with me, Priscilla. And me, Jess. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi, 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 and thank you for staying on to listen to Aisha and I talk about stupid awards nonsense. Um, <laughs> Aisha is back. Hi. Hi, Aisha. Hello. Hi. Great to be back. You ready to start our, officially start our award season coverage? Yep. Almost been waiting my entire life to like, talk about this. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're starting to cover it like three months too late, but it still feels like it's way too soon. 
the award season is way too long. So long. It's so long. With this race, maybe it's it's I think it's it's lighter than the other years. It feels like everyone seems to be actually having genuine fun. But also I wonder if it's like who really keeps their campaign going the most, really. Because now everybody is like marketing is so different now. And it's I feel like it's mm-hmm. is the person that lasts the longest and keeps their campaign running the longest, maybe the person that actually gets far, you know? I don't know. I guess we'll speak about that when we get no, I think yeah, hundred percent. I think you're right. Yeah. I think people people forget that a lot of this is about campaigning and going to the right parties and going to the right, having the right screening events and things like that. Exactly, and I think when you look at the breakdown of the whole award season, which is why I wanted to cover it so much, it's like it's really fun to predict, but it's also really nice because there's so many different types of awards. So, you know, everyone gets, well, not everyone, but, you know, most of the main contenders get a chance to shine, hopefully. At least they'll get one recognition, hopefully, within the award season. Unlike, maybe maybe not for some movies, <laughs> like May, December. In recent years, it's bec- yeah, in recent years, it's become quite, like, predictive and you can kind of, like, pick out who's going to win. I, just, I guess that's why sometimes maybe to the neutral observer when we have something like maybe the best actor race this year or the best actress race this year exactly. it's quite exciting because really exciting it could go either way either way yeah um you watched the BAFTAs I did live on, on DVC I mean live I just did air quotes to Bangalore it's not yeah, really that's, live <laughs> that's kind of what that's, that's the reason why that's another reason why I just don't like watching the BAFTAs because I'm just like, I feel like ugh, I'm watching it on a delay it's pre-recorded. I, I I don't know. Is it something that feels like it's not authentic? Authentic, maybe yeah. But like it just it feels a bit removed. I'm like, oh, it's not like it's like I'm watching it the next morning. Yeah, there's a certain stiffness about the BAFTAs mm-hmm. that was very present last night. But I think this was one of the years where I haven't actually watched it live before. But I've obviously seen clips and stuff really closely. Mm-hmm. It's one of the years I feel like it was a bit less stiff um, with like David Tennant as the host, etc. I think it was not a bad show, but you're right. There's something about it. And then on top of that, on top of them not showing it live, they also then do this weird thing at the end where they then go, they show you the whole thing, right? Edited or whatever it is. And then they have like a category at the end, which is like all the awards that weren't shown live. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you don't, you don't show it to me live. And then they removed, they removed like actually big categories. I think they, 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 I forgot there were two other categories. I forgot what it is, but they were relatively large categories that they didn't show on their supposed live show. So I'm like, mm, this mm-hmm. is not really good. I forgot David Tennant was hosting this year because I, I actually do really like him. I think he was a shining moment of the whole broadcast. He was like, he was really good and really yeah. I've watched his consistent. I've watched his monologue and and his pre pre show um bit. So I didn't watch the show, quote unquote, live because you were doing something else. I chose instead to go watch Madame Web, <laughs> um, which is probably which I'm dying to know about. I don't know. I was gonna. Say, I don't know if it's a metaphor for the film industry. I don't know if it's a metaphor for like popular entertainment. Like I chose to watch Madame Web instead of the Baptist. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you asked me how I thought about Madame Web earlier. I, yeah. I had a great time. I is this sarcasm? No, no, no. I had a great time. 
And I had a great time because, and I would like to preface this by saying like, everyone be sensible adults. Um, I, I, I did not go entirely sober. I had. Oh, it all comes out now. Okay. I, I had, I was like, look, if I'm going to go with this movie, I had some alcohol. I mean, again, I should mention that like, I'm not a, I'm not a rowdy drinker. I'm not someone that like, Shouts when Bangalore is not a menace to society, everyone. He is a law abiding yes. citizen well, and he's he's of appropriate age <laughs> to drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh and I'm not like I'm not get I'm not going to get plaster. So I'm saying like no one should go drink in the cinema and be shouting and like I I firmly believe that everyone should respect going to the cinema and no one should be like disrupting. Yeah, don't be weird, guys. Yeah. So but like this was for me. And I knew that I needed to go to make the ridiculousness, like, be fun for me. Did you go alone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes it even better. Nine times my cinema experiences are alone. I go, okay, like, thank you, because I, I always go alone as well, and I prefer it, to be honest. But I think, mm-hmm. actually, that really enhances the experience that you went alone and also minorly intoxicated. But it's also funny, because I like going alone, but I, for most movies... I would like to go, I would like to, the cinema to not be empty. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So personally, I want to be alone, but I want there to be people in the in the theater. It's like, um, what do they call them with kids? Adjacent child play? What is that? What that is co- that? <laughs> Have you heard of no, that what, what, No, it's what a, does that mean? Okay, so it's a psych- psychological, co- I mean, so, like, whatever, psychological concept for children. You know, children play yeah. when they don't play with each other, but they play next to each other. Uh, okay, no, okay. I, so I've heard about that. So it's the idea that, that, like, name, yeah. that, that it's really helpful for children to like play adjacent to one another. And I feel like that's similar to going to cinema and wanting a packed yeah. cinema. It's just like, watch. I don't necessarily want somebody right beside me, but I want to just, I want us to experience this thing together communally, exactly. like the laughs and the, the highs and the lows. Uh, but yeah, no, so I had a great time. I I think maybe I kind of peaked too early because obviously, I, again, I was not like, I didn't take like a full bottle of alcohol. I wasn't going to just be plastered. So I mean, I've got tipsy too early and then like very quickly, the movie started making no sense and, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't funny anymore. So it was noticeable. Yeah, it was yeah, noticeable I mean, at that point. It was not simple earlier, but it was funny. I was like, haha, you just told, I guess, spoiler alert for Madame Webb. I'm not watching it. Yeah, for anyone who's <laughs> listening, you just told a younger Ben Parker, oh, you don't want to get shot in Queens, which is an incredible line to have uh, in a movie. So okay. the movie is set in 2003, and Ben Parker, who is Uncle Ben, plays a role, but he's obviously a much younger Uncle Ben. And then she, they're making, they're doing bands of um, back and forth banter. And she's like, oh, you don't want to get shot in Queens, which is obviously even like, ah, he does get shot in Queens. And it's like an inter- it's a terrible line. But in my state, I was like, ah, that's very funny because this this movie is very, very insane. Her web connects us all. Uh, I, oh, man, her name, like, yeah, this is, it's, let's just not get to it. It's a movie. It's definitely a movie. Um... But I'd agree. I thought she was, I thought Dr. Johnson was trying her best. She was quite charming in like the first half. So was, what I've heard is the script that she was shown and the script that she thought she was, like what she thought she shot, apparently wasn't yeah. the actual thing as to what came out. There was really a diverge, divergence between each, each of the things. Apparently a lot of things were reshot and then edited in. That's funny, but also very possible because this movie felt like every scene was ADR. 
That's exactly what I heard too. Like it, you could just—it it just felt like everything was everything was recorded in the booth. Mm-hmm. It was quite—it was quite an experience. I was like that. I didn't catch this, obviously, probably because I was slightly inebriated. But people have told me, people have seen it, like, there's a character um, who there are points in the movie where the dialogue is not matching his his mouth movements. Mm. I obviously I obviously didn't catch this because things were looking blurry to me anyways. But that, that was just like a wild thing to happen in a big budget studio movie. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard about a lot of things at the end as well. Things that didn't match up and they just added in or something. It, it's just, it. it's a thing. It's, look, I am not even being sarcastic when I said I had a great experience. Well, I should also mention that no free ads. I have a Cineworld membership, so I didn't pay particularly for this movie. <laughs> it's Cineworld like, membership? Pay- That's interesting. Okay. Oh yeah, you say I pay for the mo- pay for the month and then you get to go. Ah, maybe, maybe. Mm. Um. So again, everything just kind of aligned. In, in but let's talk about the BAFTA. Let's talk about the BAFTAs. Um. Yeah. What are your <laughs> thoughts about about the BAFTA? Not even I can't even segue it. No matter how hard I try, I can't segue Madame Web to the BAFTA. So let's just do it. You can, you can, because there was there was a lot like you know cinema. You can just talk about like you know. And, and you know what? In a, in in the year of Oppenheimer and Close of the Flower Moon, I think Madame Web is cinema. I think Madame Web is I is agree. what we come to. It is filmmaking. No, I totally agree. And so is This Is Me Now, which honestly I can cover for two hours because I had the is exact same experience as you. Yes, This Is Me Now is out. It came out on Friday. Oh, unfortunately for me, fortunately for me, I was able to watch it on Saturday. I had a fantastic time. Although, same thing as Madame Webb. Is this the worst weekend of yes. film, film releases Yes, it ever. definitely is. It definitely is. And I think that's where I drew the line. I think after I watched This Is Me Now, I was like, you know what? Madame Webb is not happening for me. I think I've reached yeah. my quota. It's enough. Everybody, I guess, go watch This Is Me Now if you want some fun in your lives. But segueing to the BAFTA, which I distracted from, I guess all cinema is important. I think, like I said with anyone but you, when we covered it with Priscilla and Jess, well, not didn't cover it, but we talked about it, mm-hmm. Is I think it's just the resurgence of cinema is just important. You know, so that's why award shows are important. Everything's important. Just so, like, people get back in the cinema the, the way they used to be before. And, you know, um, even if it's bad, have a fun time. Like Bangkok, get inebriated and go watch it. <laughs> but responsibly, don't be a dick to other moviegoers. Exactly. Please don't don't go and annoy other people. But yeah, just don't do what, what's best for you. But yeah, you uh, asked a question about the Baptist. Yeah, just like what's your general disposition to the Baptist, both the I guess the organization and the ceremony and the award itself. I guess those were three things. Well, um, hmm, not really fast to be honest. I don't really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm gonna be really candid, um, I I I actually think yeah, the issue with the Baftas for me is that I enjoy the Oscars, I enjoy Oscar season, mm-hmm. and I enjoy mm-hmm. award season, and I enjoy predicting predicting things probably because I have a bit of a, like a betting addiction or something I don't know, but essentially. Don't just randomly is... throw that by the by the way. Like, do, do we should we investigate that? Do you want to lie on the couch? Do you want to like go into the roots of? I have a lot of. I have an addictive. What did they call it? Um, addictive personality. Yeah, I have an addictive. I I yeah. So there's certain things in life that I I really can never do, 
And mm. um, one of them is, you know, the main addiction. Everybody has drug addiction. I definitely yeah. can't because I'll yeah. actually lose. I'll die. So um, I just get, I get into things. Like like me now with this award season, like I know probably way too much. That I know more than I probably should keep in my brain. Yeah. But I, my issue with the BAFTAs is that there's you can't really predict the Oscars from the BAFTAs, which mm-hmm. makes it annoying but also actually i think now that i've started to like appreciate award season more actually makes it kind of fun because the bachelors are just really wacky and there's always some weird stuff going on uh at this show no i definitely agree with you because i was thinking about it like i rate the bafta award still very highly like, I still think it's the second most important um, film award. I still think yeah. like you should like you shouldn't snub someone like someone who has a BAFTA. That's a very big deal. Big deal. But I think since I started covering award season and tracking award season, like you're talking about, I, because it doesn't really have an impact on the Oscar winner, which is a bit unfair. But that's just that's just the way the world is now. The Oscar is the big thing. Everybody's working up towards the Oscars, and I think because it doesn't have an impact on it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can. It was almost like, oh, this is a break I can have, like in my schedule. I don't need to like really focus about this because like it's not doesn't matter. And I think, as opposed to the Golden yeah. Globes, it's true. At least pre twenty twenty, pre all the things that came out about the Golden Globe, the HFPA, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, the Golden Globes are wacky, but like they are fun. That's true. People are drinking, film and TV stars are mixing around. BAFTA has never really had that fun bit. It was just like they That's have true. some weird choices. And it's funny that you mentioned that because mm-hmm. that's something I noted from the show. And there's there are all these memes about Dominic Sessa in um looking really, really like uninterested when when um Justin Trier wins her award. But it's it, the BAFTAs really looks to me, and I may be totally wrong, they may be having the time of their lives, but it looks like everyone is just tired. Like it just looks like a tiresome show to watch. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that watching it. It just felt like, I don't know, maybe is it where we are in award season? I, I don't think so. I just think it's... To uh, be fair, they're also probably all just jet lagged. Yeah, that's true. That's very true because most of them are, 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 aren't, aren't don't, don't live here. Yeah, they're all um, coming from LA. Even those that are, like, right. award season is happening in LA, so they're probably just coming back from LA the You're day so before. You're so right. You're so right. But yeah, it just, it just seems a bit tiresome. In a way, mm-hmm. but but I have to also say another thing about it is that I think through looking at the BAFTAs more in depth, this like watching it now, they have some really nice categories actually that are you know yeah kind of cool. So I mean they're doing something. We should mention that like the BAFTAs are very pro-British, right? And they are that leads are. that leads to like some very like very cool picks actually and cool True. nominations. True. It also leads to some weird ones a lot of time. Like but like. They get to nominate like Rye Lane for best film. Now that was fun. That was which would not get any nomination anywhere else. But also, it also means that because they are very pro-British, they would nominate they would nominate Saltburn. So you know, you you just have to take it. You take you take one (laughs) or the other. You literally have to take it. But at the same time, you know, you get a nomination and a win for like Earth Mama, which is like Mm -hmm. insane. You know, yeah. And and there you go. So I definitely, I definitely agree. As like. I think that's another reason why they don't, or at least more and more as the years have gone by, they predict to the Oscars less. is because, like, you know that they're gonna probably going to pick the British winner, right? Yeah, like, British we'll get through the, We'll get to the winners in a second. But, like, Killian Murphy winning Best Actor doesn't necessarily mean that 
bet actually the Oscars is tied up because you know he's going to win over Paul Giamatti because it's a British film. That's he's true. Irish. Like it, it that's British just creator, it's, that's going to happen. British director, right. British producer. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. Although I do feel like this is the year where there might be more of a um, sync with the Oscars for the Baptists. And because the front runner is Oppenheimer and Nolan. Yes, which is I guess lucky because like it's like mm-hmm. British, and then you go and you you know you go and you yeah. do that. But I think I don't know. I feel like looking at the winners, uh, and there's also winners and then the runoffs, whatever. Looking at them, I feel like there will be a bit more of a sink. I don't know. I feel like the but things the Oscars can be really unpredictable. You know, they are. They can be. So, and I, in a week or so, we're going to talk about like the PGAs and the DGA and the SAG and that's well, a those are actually big, the big funnest more. ones to be honest yeah. in my those opinion big, big, big. SAGs this year live on Netflix which is something I have been clamoring for for years I don't understand why more award shows I, I okay, really? I understand is it live? yeah it's on Netflix oh that's yeah. amazing um, should we talk about the winner the winners yeah quickly? I was just going to say just... one more thing about SAG which is really important mm-hmm. for me SAG actually is kind of during Oscar voting time so Oscar voting starts on Thursday mm-hmm. and then SAG yeah. happens on 24th and then Oscar voting ends on the 27th. So like yes. SAG is going to be, so I this, I don't know if anybody listens to this and wants to precursor to award shows or final award predictions, listen to the SAG episode that we'll later do because actually SAG is mm-hmm. a huge indif- indicator of how the Oscars will swing because it's also during the period. So the campaign is like kind of like at its rearing up at that yeah. point and even just if there's another reason why i think the baptist might have some impact this year is because like you said they literally happened three days before our um oscars voting starts exactly so that is the if, if you're voting on the 22nd or the 23rd or whatever mm-hmm. that's the most recent award in your memory and we'll talk about some things in a second so another reason why I kind of just let the BAFTAs do their own thing and I try not to think about them too much is because the process is so confusing. It's, it's, I just don't understand it. Yep. After 2020, you know, the year when the rest of the world remembered that like black people exist, they mm-hmm. tried to like revamp their entire process and mm-hmm. now they included like juries and things like that. And by their website, juries are comprised of BAFTA members with varied industry roles and experiences from diverse backgrounds, gender, location, and age groups. So, I'm going to try to just, I tried to read this thing like three or four times. I tried to make sense of it. So I'll just try to explain quickly how, how these things work. So for best film at the BAFTAs, all voters vote for 10 films in a long list. Then they vote for five norms. And then there's a winner. Straightforward. For the acting, so the acting branches <laughs> vote for their long list. And it's a long list of seven. Yes. The, no, it's a long list, long list of 15, sorry. Then the top three in that 15 are automatically nominated. Okay. Then four to seven are long listed. Then a jury picks three from eight to 15. Okay. So now you have 10 on the long list and then the jury, so but the, but the top three are already nominated. So the jury votes for four to 10 for the remaining three nominations. And then that's how you get your six nominees. Mm-hmm. And then people vote on the six nominees. So, and then like director, again, it's very more like Oscars where, or even most other things where just one person, one vote. Here there are juries involved. Directing is basically the same as the acting, but it's more numbers. Here there are juries involved, so it's not necessarily like a one person, one votes thing. Sometimes 
Yeah. It might be a panel or whatever. But anyway, let's quickly go through. I'll probably just rattle out. I won't go through the nominees for some of the small, I hate to say that, but like less n- yeah. known categories. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's before, I'm just not the end of the episode, but um, come back for some more breakdowns from Bankley about how awards work, you know, because he did lots of research for this. So yeah, come back, come back and hear this <laughs> as well. But yeah, we're not done. We'll keep going. Uh, okay. So BAFTA, best film. The nominees were Oppenheimer won. The other nominees were Anatomy Fall, The Holdovers, Clear of the Flower Moon, Poor Things. All of them are best picture. Is Holdovers the best picture nominee at the Oscar? I yes. Think it is. It is, it yeah. should be, yeah. The best picture so all of these nominees, are, yeah. Pulled over there. Yeah. yeah. Um, best British film, Zone of Interest, won that. Which was funny. <laughs> that was, yeah. It was funny because he also won non-English language film, foreign film. So it's like crowning, crowning, double crowning. Because it's not it's not for best film, in, not in the English language, at the Oscars. So yes, it is. And it is probably going to win that. I I want to watch The Taste of Things just so I can have somebody to root for. I really do as well. Not, that's not the zone of interest. I really do um, as well. But yeah. Asani debut, like you mentioned, that went to Earth Mama, original screenplay, Anatomy Before One, and then the other nominees were Barbie, The Holdovers, Maestro, Past Lives. I kind of feel like that's what the Oscars would look like. Um, Anatomy Screenplay, again, American Fiction One. Amazing. Other nominees were Oppenheimer, Paul Thing, Zone of Interest, and All of Us Strangers. Again, I kind of feel like they might give this to fiction. I don't think Christopher Nolan is going to sweep everything. So, um, again, this is talking about the Oscars. Actually, let me just go through and then we'll talk about this in, later. Film that's English language, like you mentioned, Zone of Interest won that. Um, animated, animated film, The Boy and the Heron won that. Director yep. went to Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm, Other nominees mm-hmm. were Zone of Interest, Maestro, Holdovers, All of Us Strangers, and Anatomy Fall. Leading actress went to Emma Stone. I want to get back to that. Other nominees were Carrie Mulligan, Fantasia, Barino from The Color Purple, Margot Robbie, Sandra Huller, and Viviana Parra from Riley, which is just a beautiful thing to see. Leading actor went Congratulations, to, Vivian. Yeah, leading actor went to Killian Murphy. Other nominees were Barry Keoghan. Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, T.O.U. from Past Lives, and Paul Giamatti. Supporting actress went to uh, Divine, Joy Randolph. Emily Emily Blunt was also a nominee. Other nominees were Rosamund Pike, Sandra Huller, Daniel Brooks, Claire Foy. Sandra Huller having nominations in Best Lead Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Uh, supporting Honestly. actor went to RDJ. Other nominees were Ryan Gosling, Robert De Niro, Paul Mescal, Jacob Elordi, Dominic Sessa. Um... I'll just note some other wins in the craft categories that were of mm-hmm. note to me. Jennifer Lim won for editing uh, Oppenheimer. Hoyt Van Hoytema won for cinematography mm-hmm. for Oppenheimer. Ludwig won for score Oppenheimer. I think Ludwig and Jennifer Lim are kind of sure bets now for the Oscar. Hoyt, I agree. Maybe. I agree. Unless Robbie Ryan wants to like kind of compete with him. At the Oscars, I think every, I think he it's probably no. I to, think it's a fair, but I think it's in. It's locked in now. Yeah. Okay. Um. Out of those winners, is there anything that kind of like jumped out to you? any win or any loss that you're like, hmm, that's interesting. Okay, the insane one has to be American Fiction in adapted screenplay. It was okay. I, I I saw it and I was like, whoa, that's not something I expected whoa, as to in, happen. You're surprised about the BAFTAs or? I was surprised. I was surprised about the BAFTAs. I mean, and I think yeah. the reason I was also surprised is that the Critics', Critics Choice, CCA, happened. 
and American Fiction won there. WJ hasn't happened yet, but it's happening after the Oscars. It's just yeah, you know. But it's 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 like I was just really surprised, and I was, and he was also surprised when he came up when he won. God, Jefferson was like, "What? Like I wasn't <laughs> expecting to win this award." No, it's really good, and I think, um, yeah, that was a major one for me. Another major one for me was uh, Emma Stone winning, which I mm-hmm. expected to happen. Because mm-hmm. people love, they love poor things. The BAFTAs mm-hmm. love poor things. To a degree, I was surprised about film. when, you know, exactly, but the long list, you know, kind of came out yeah. and everything. Um, but I think it does tell us something about the Lily Gladstone, you know, them being two front runners. It tells something about that. And another one that I also was like a personal one for me was production design wins mm-hmm. for poor things as well because the adg mm-hmm. has also happened which is the artists uh, sorry something basically about production design all the artist directors kind of thing our director's guild i think our director's guild and um poor th- you know i think is it poor did poor things win there as well I think Poor Things did win there as well over Barbie. So it was kind of like waiting on the BAFTAs to see where that swings. And I feel like that's more of a lock-in. Um, but that's just more of a personal thing for me because I obviously love production design. But um, I think those were the two big things for me. American Fiction was an insane win. Also, Earth Mama was an insane win as well because How to Have Sex has so much buzz. And I was actually there mm-hmm. at the BFI when it was like premiered or whatever. And there was so much buzz around it. So I think that was big. But I think the main one moving forward for me is the American fiction win. That was surprising. Who would least. you have had your money on to win the Oscar for Adapted Screenplay before the BAFTAs? Isn't Oppenheimer in this category? Yes. I would have had Oppenheimer. Because I think Oppenheimer was uh, in a year where you, you know, we know BAFTA reps British creators no 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 who you would you have think... thought would win the oscar sorry not uh, not yeah you're right oppenheimer should have won the bafta yeah but i mean for the oscars who would you have like had your money on to win adapted screenplay oh um i would have had oppenheimer before i would have okay okay i'd have had oppenheimer before i think you know yeah i would have had oppenheimer before i, I think... would have and but now i'm not sure i found that like at the writers usually, I'm going to wrap up very quickly now. The writers usually give, at the Oscar, the screenplay awards usually go for the movie that they love, but they know are not going to get any awards anywhere else. Right. So, yes. So, Get that's Out true. Get Out wins Best Picture. So, no, Get Out should have won Best Picture. Get Out wins Best Screenplay. Right. Yeah. Um, Spike Lee yeah. wins his first Oscar for. And that's Black how you Lines have a Man. woman talking, you know. Exactly. Spike Lee wins for Black Lands Man. So, I usually, so I don't think I can. And probably even Oppenheimer, people have more problems with op- the Oppenheimer script than the, like the American fiction script, for example. Um, I agree. I would. I had my money on like Sandra Huller. It's not Sandra Huller. Sorry, Justin Trier winning for um, Another Before. Uh, oh, that's original. locked in. An American because those are movies that you're like, oh, these movies are not going to win. Be- I mean, Another Before. If anyone can upset Oppenheimer, it's probably going to be them. But like, this movie are probably not going to win anywhere else. Let's give them love here because we do like the screenplay. So, yeah, I kind of had my money on American fiction for Adapted. Um, especially considering when you, ha- when you don't have like open, when you don't have like Killers nominated there. And I was like, 
the no Nolan's probably going to win director. My win best picture. They're like, okay, let's give this win to somewhere else. But it's just so funny the American fiction rise because it, it's like zone of interest. You know, these were not they were not front runners before. Their their, their whole campaign has it shifted have been talking over about time. American fiction for a while. I I, I, I think so. But it, it was. I don't know because maybe it's me. I don't know, but it just seems like. They've had, it's been, people were maybe speaking about them, but they've had this kind of like turnaround where it's now like, now they're real front runners. Before it was like, well, these are movies we're speaking about, but are they really mm-hmm. going to win something? Nominations, yes, but like to actually win something. I don't know. It feels like a turnaround. No, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it could easily end up with zero win. And I think it will end up with more than one win out of its five five nominations. Okay, just final things before I, before I leave. Um, you mentioned Emma Stone. I think it's quite telling that she won, that but also one. like Lady Gladstone wasn't nominated there. So you kind of like, how much do I take this? That's true. She wasn't really fighting against her competitor. Um, I think, I don't know. I I think we have to see with SAG, obviously. But yeah, I yeah. um, I I think I think she hasn't. I don't know. I don't think it's because of momentum or anything i just feel like i think emma stone is going to win this thing i, I don't I, yeah like i just I, feel like she's I going to win it i don't really see a world in which she doesn't recency bias people 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 love emma stone industry loves emma stone and i think if they love emma stone and they and keep on just... seeing her they haven't they haven't seen lily gladstone on an award stage in the golden globes so if they keep on seeing exactly that, poor things is still showing right now so yeah, I, I think it might be Emma Stone's second Oscar. I think it's also um, the phenomena of the whole cast of Poor Things, which yeah. adds to, you know, the Oscar voting. I think maybe because Killers came thing. out so long ago and, like, with all, like, in fairness to them, both Leo and and um, Scorsese have been doing their part to, like, help Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. Yeah, they've really so, but, stepped aside for her, but, but I don't know. Yeah, and even when they've, like, stepped up, they've stepped up, like, to shine a light on her. So, mm-hmm. but I don't know if maybe all of that just happened too early, and now like the the poor things, Emma Stone thing is just kicking in right in the right time. Um, yeah, and I think we may talk more about it when we get into Oscars, but it's also just about the different like a type of movie as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that adds to it as well. I have a mind is that RDJ is on the like the Brad Pitt acceptance speech train. Like every speech he gives is is a is a knockout, and like no, once people keep on seeing you. <laughs> giving good speeches that are funny like they just keep on voting for you that's just that's just the way it works rdj is just i literally noted down this too i agree with oh you. yeah it's 100 percent. um i like it's just it will be beyond an upset if he doesn't win um the oscar yeah he's just uh, he just has star power and then i ho- have that like considering i have in my notes that considering oscar voting starts on thursday no one because i watched divine's um speech at the BAFTAs. Another one I noted down to. Yeah. No one in that room is not voting for Divine when Oscars, like no one that watched that speech live is not voting for her when the, when the awards voting open. No so one. like, yeah, no I think that's another person that has one. like, her, she has a win locked, essentially. It's a lock-in. It's a lock-in. And I mm-hmm. just love it because it's like she swept this entire season. She deserves it. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just a beautiful speech. And she just, uh, it was just really nice. Another speech I have to mention here is Justin Trey's and Arthur Harari's speech. I'll look, at, I'll look for, for that. Winning. I that. And um, you should really watch it. I mean, I obviously love Anatomy of a Fall to a weird degree. But, um, and I love Justin Trey. But um, basically, she just, it was just really funny when they talked about um, them being fine as a couple I'm worried <laughs> that they're having marital problems and it not being an autofiction. So he needs to tell people that he's happy right now in case something happens to him in the next few years. <laughs> and he was, he was, you know, he was on his roof, you know, trying to sort out some insulation. He was like, no, this actually happened, guys. I was on my roof. And I thought to myself, if I just, something happens to me now, I need people to know that I'm actually happy in my relationship with Justin. That's funny. That's very um, funny. And yeah, justice for Messi the dog, which I've been tweeting about, exploitation of animals is not good. He needs to be adequately paid for the marketing that he's doing for this movie. Um, so yeah, that that that's those are the, my main ones as well as what you said. Um, and obviously we stand Irie Debris and her um, Irish power um, <laughs> in in her. We that's trust. That's a picture we had. Uh, Paul Mescal and um, uh, Andrew Scott. That was. Uh, for for yeah. Irish Irish power on on display. Okay, uh, guys, I hope you if you listened this far, thank you. I hope you list, you enjoyed the holdovers and American fiction discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll be back, um, Aisha and I, to talk about more awards nonsense for the five people who care. Yep, and then obviously all leading up to the Oscars on March tenth. So, okay, exciting. Uh, yeah. Bye, guys. Thank you. Um, Thank you for listening to the cinema. Thank you, Priscilla and Jess, for having us. Thank you. Bye.